day and welcome to Detroit Today. I'm Nick Austin, in for Stephen Henderson. In Detroit, whether you love them or you hate them, it's hard to avoid the Detroit Lions. In our region, we disagree about lots of things. But when it comes to one thing, sitting around the Thanksgiving table, for example, or seeing someone walking across from you, you know you share one thing in common with them, especially if they got that jersey on, you've both experienced the heartbreak. And why is that? Because the Lions lose. Almost never make the playoffs. I can remember one playoff win only to have crushing defeat after it. And in fact, they haven't even made it to a Super Bowl. Last time they won a championship, it was 10 years before the Super Bowl even existed back in 1957. But of course, you probably know all of this. But if you're in the area also, you know there's something special, something different about this season. And that's because there's a lot of optimism after the end of last season. So much optimism the NFL has decided that the Detroit Lions will take on our former Super Bowl champions. Last year's Super Bowl champions, Kansas City, tonight to kick off the season. It's a big deal, but why do people care about it so much? I think I need music to get into this theme. In fact, Matt Trevethan, give me something that fits the moment. Okay. Think about the Detroit Lions, all the heartbreak, all the pent-up emotion. You need a proper musical interlude to lead you into the feeling that I see. When I look around, I see all the Honolulu blue jerseys. I talk to my fellow man. We hear from Dan Campbell, the coach of the Detroit Lions, invigorating people with the grit, the passion that we feel in Detroit. And it's all because this year, things could be different. We've got a lot of things going on here. We're going to break down what's going to be happening today a little bit later on. And we're also going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, what's going to be what to look forward into the season. Now, as the NFL kicks off its long-awaited first game of the season with a primetime broadcast, as we mentioned, against the defending Super Bowl champions, the visiting team is chosen to help bring more eyeballs and ratings for the broadcast. This time... It's the Detroit Lions. Even some journalists in the champs' hometown say Detroit has a legitimate chance to beat the Chiefs, who may be without their best defender, Chris Jones, because of a contract dispute. The sports director at KCTV5, the CBS affiliate in Kansas City that broadcasts most Chiefs games, is Scott Reese. He tells WDET's Quinn Kleinfelter the Lions have gained respect around the league and in the coaches' rooms at Arrowhead Stadium. There's a reason they're getting a lot of buzz in the preseason. I think there's a reason that they are one of the upper echelon favorites uh, in the NFC. If you look at the Vegas lines and the numbers, obviously the team took big strides forward, certainly offensively last year. Prior to my time in Kansas City, I was the Stanford play-by-play voice for a decade. Uh, And in that capacity, I saw a lot of Jared Goff when he was at Cal. And my assessment of Goff when he came out was – I like him. I think he's going to be a good pro. I don't know that he's number one pick in the draft good, superstar caliber in the NFL. And I think that has played itself out. But I will say that the more I have watched him during his NFL career, I think he has gotten better and better. And I I like the trajectory. And he's gotten to a point now where he's no longer being second-guessed as, is he the guy? I think now Jared Goff is the guy. And he has fit really well into the offense. 
obviously falling in love with Amon Ross St. Brown, and that's been a dynamite connection for the Lions and very, very dangerous for uh, any defense, including the Chiefs. When they get Jamison Williams back, obviously that takes it up another level. But I think that to not respect Detroit's offensive potential would be foolish. I know the Chiefs do respect it. And I also know that if Chris Jones is not back on the field, especially uh, with Charles Amenehu suspended for the first six games for the Chiefs, their pass rush will not be uh, what we've become accustomed to. And that's going to be obviously something that plays more into the favor of, of Goff in the offense. So, yeah, I think Detroit's formidable, and I really look forward to seeing how this plays out. The Lions put a lot into their secondary over the offseason to try to beef it up, uh, in part because it was getting torched a lot. You got a quarterback right now uh, with Kansas City who might be the best in the league at torching opposing secondaries. How do you think uh, Detroit matches up with, with Kansas City coming into this first game of the season? You know, it's hard to handicap partially because not only does Detroit have a, a relatively new secondary, but, but you look at the Chiefs wide receiver core and it's very different than we saw a year ago. So I would think, again, that favors uh, Detroit to some extent in terms of, you know, the newness of this, you know, Mahomes offense. There was a bit of an acclimation period last year. Uh, I imagine there will be a bit of an acclimation period uh, this season as well. But when you have Andy Reid as your head coach, you certainly stipulate the, the, the offense will be prepared and it will be dangerous. And obviously anytime Mahomes is pulling the trigger, uh, it's dangerous. So it's going to be very much incumbent on Aiden Hutchinson and company to get pressure on Mahomes because, you know, that's quarterback one-on-one, right? Give them all day in the pocket. They're going to burn you. With Patrick Mahomes, you give them all day back there. You may as well not play the game. Well, usually, you know, there's, there's not a lot of holes on a Super Bowl champion, although I guess right. the Rams kind of had a right. bit of a drop. But, you know, the Chiefs did lose a few key players like you're talking about, and there's a couple others that are iffy. When you're looking at the Chiefs going in now, I mean, do you think they've got a solid shot at repeating? I do. Uh, you know, with, again, you know, the the stipulation that it's the NFL, and, and I mean, the Rams were an extreme example of, of going sort of from the penthouse to the outhouse very quickly, but you just never know, especially with injuries, um, how things are going to shake out over 17 games and then into the playoffs. But certainly, I mean, you look at the landscape of the league and the Chiefs have to have as good a chance as anybody up there with, you know, I would say the 49ers and the Eagles of winning the Super Bowl this year. There's no reason you can't look at this team with through the same lens and say, well, it worked last year. No reason the offense can't be just as good this year. So then the the focus shifts to the defense. To me, when they are at full strength, I think this year's defense is better than last year. And I think that all the kids they played last year, all the first-year players that played in the secondary, now they're second-year players and they've gotten better. And players, as you know, tend to make a leap between year one and year two. So bottom line is, for me, once Chris Jones ends his holdout and gets back, once Amanahue gets back from suspension, second half of the year, I think this Chiefs defense will be better than last year's. I think the offense should be just as good as last year's. And to me, (laughs) it's not hard to do the math from there. Yeah, they're definitely Super Bowl contenders. Well, this is the part where you ask an informed observer like yourself, uh, if you got any prediction about the opening game when all those players may not be back and uh, the Lions have this hype going in and they got a lot of young people too, but, uh, you know, they're going against Mahomes. So you never hold anybody to any of these things, no matter what they say. (laughs) <laughs> but no, to, no, but to uh, ask you, I mean, you know, what do you think? How do you think, it, in, from your I mean, point of view, sure, how's it shaping up? Chiefs are going to score some points. 
But I think the Lions are going to score some points. I'm really excited to see Jameer Gibbs. Uh, uh, obviously, this is, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone in Detroit is really excited to see Jameer Gibbs in game one. I think it's a high-scoring game. So I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. But I would be silly, especially as a Chiefs guy, having watched them go through the process last year and knowing the game is at Arrowhead on a Thursday night and that crowd, uh, if I did not say, yeah, I think the Chiefs win the game. Now, if this game was in Detroit, would I be confident? No, I don't know. I think I would probably say it's more of a coin flip because opening night and the adrenaline and the energy and everything else, I think home field is such a big advantage. So, yeah, I I do think the Chiefs win, but I think that it's a a really entertaining game. I think Detroit's going to show well. I think they're going to put up points. And, you know, hopefully we get excitement into the fourth quarter and it kind of kicks off both teams in in a good direction. We'll continue our discussion with you and get into more about the Lions, where they fit into the Detroit ethos when we return on Detroit Today. It's Detroit Today. I'm Nick Austin in for Steven Henderson, and we are taking a look at the big thing that's happening that's involving Detroit right now. It's in sports, kicking off the NFL season. Quite an honor to be doing that in Kansas City against the Chiefs. That's happening this evening. Now we want to hear from you, starting with Molly in Ypsilanti. Molly, go ahead. You're on Detroit Today. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm personally really excited about this season. I've always watched the Lions at Thanksgiving with family, and we're all really big fans. Even when they lose, we're still rooting for them. <laughs> it's still always very fun to watch. So I'm excited with all these new new players. I feel like it's going to be a really fun season. That's awesome. Where does it fit in for you and your family? You mentioned that you guys watch whether it's win or lose. Is there any special memory that you have or place that the Lions fit, Detroit football fits into your life? Um, yeah, specifically Thanksgiving, going to my dad's yeah. sister's house, um, watching with my cousins. We always make sure the game is over until we play on the Nintendo or whatever. Um, it's just, it's always been really fun and, and close to my heart. Um, but I do remember, um, you know, turning the game back on and seeing that they're still losing. And we're like, <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> let's see how much they can lose at this point. Right. Well, make a game out of it. And if you don't do it there, like you said, on the Nintendo, whether it's Tecmo Bowl or Madden, you can make the Lions win on the virtual gridiron. So you have that option as well. I appreciate that, right. Molly and Ypsilanti. Thank you so much for calling in as we move now to Harry in Sterling Heights. Harry, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. Good morning. I'm a diehard Lions fan, and I'm an old guy. My dad used to take me to Jane Field on the east side before the Lions had a practice field. We'd watch them practice, and they'd have uh, night games there. And we got a white ball there that signed by Bobby Lane, and we used it on the street and destroyed it. Oh. And uh, that was a good, good memory. I wish I had that ball now. But I remember when they won the, cha- the last championship, and they had it on the radio. Yeah. And uh, there was no TV back then. You had to go to Toledo or you'd climb up on your roof and got a special antenna. And they replayed the game the next week on the radio, and they drew a bigger audience than the original game because they won the championship. You know, Harry, for someone who's actually experienced the Lions winning and all the heartbreak since, from your perspective, what do you think would happen in this city if the Lions were to finally win the big one? They would go crazy. (laughs) You've got the personal experience. You see it. Go ahead. 
Plus, you, you have a lot of light. Like my, my daughter moved to Arizona. A lot of people moved out of Michigan, and they still root for the Lions. Yeah. The Lions base is, is nationwide. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, the one of the original teams started back in 1935, so some tradition there. But unfortunately, they haven't won. But let's pray and let's hope. And uh, we'll see what happens the first game. That's right. We're looking forward to that, man. He's referencing the history, Harry, in Sterling Heights. We appreciate that knowledge. You know, as Harry mentioned there, the Lions are pervasive throughout, not only locally, but also if you leave, you're still a Lions fan. I know I remember hearing from people who've moved and lived out of state that when you see another Lions fan, there's like that instant connection. People still stay with this team, even through the heartbreaks. We're moving to Tim in Detroit right now. Tim, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a long-suffering Lions fan. (laughs) Right. And and I I equate the Lions like – the reason why we have football is is to keep people from fighting each other. So they, like, represent uh, the local army or Mm -hmm. militia. Mm -hmm. So we'd be in trouble because they they just sacked the village and (laughs) taken all the goods. So – we we have to cheer for the Lions. Yeah, we don't have a choice. <laughs> you got a lot of references there, right? I've heard the story about Teddy Roosevelt uh, trying to really promote football as a way of uh, getting men ready for battle, ready for war without doing it in a context where he actually pulled out the bayonets and rifles. I understand that. Uh, fortunately, though, Tim, you don't have to worry about uh, the team defending us. We have a National Guard to take care of that. Yeah. So since the stakes are a little bit lower, could this be the season where you finally go in and say, all right, I'm okay with the hype? No, I have a memory of the Lions. One game, this guy with half a foot, and they queued up to kick a <laughs> the football kicker, right. field goal, and he kicked a 70-yard field goal, I think. Yes, I do. There they, was... they laughed at him when he, he, he attempted it, but he he won the game with that kick. And then I remember the Lions on a Thanksgiving day, the guy got a kickoff and ran for a touchdown. So those are my memories of the Lions. All right, Tim. Other well, than Barry Sanders. Other, well, see, there you go. Barry had some good memories there with his jukes and runs. Tim in Detroit, though, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your memories. We want to hear your memories as well out there. You can give us a call, 313-577-1019. Again, 313-577-1019. Your memories of Detroit, how it fits in to your life. Is Detroit Lions football important to you? Is it important to our region? Do you think it's overly important? Do you think we put too much value on it? Or uh, do you think that it's something that can help bring us together, especially in a time where so many of us say we're divided and want to have a way to discuss things with other folks? I'm discussing this with you right now and specifically with Charlie in Royal Oak. Charlie, go ahead. You're on Detroit Today. Yeah, hi. Um, Well, who owns the Lions today? Uh, I believe it is uh, uh, Sherry Ford. Let me confirm that. But yes, it's the great granddaughter or the granddaughter of uh, Willie Clay Ford who owned him uh, for a long right, time. Right, right. And unfortunately, I'd love to see him win, but it just seems to me, since I've been watching from 68 on, they're cursed. As long as they're owned by the Ford family, I just don't see them 
uh, pulling it off. Unfortunately, it just seems to me they're cursed. Yeah, it's it's Sheila Hamp, who is a descendant from the Ford family, uh, uh, to get that name corrected. So I still think things are a little bit different now. There's a little bit more of an energy, but I know, Charlie, I have heard that story so many times. Is there anything that could happen to get you off of the feeling that uh, the line does would it take a change in ownership or do you believe there's something that this current group could do to make you get back on the bandwagon i'd have to see him win the championship <laughs> well i mean yes once they win the championship i would agree they would be championship <laughs> would material right <laughs> charlie and okay. royal oak thanks so much for calling and joining us right. here on yep. detroit today yep. one of the reasons people are excited as i did mention a little bit earlier is mcdc the head coach uh, dan campbell of the detroit lions who's been in this position i believe this is his third year we've got him talking at his first press conference back in 2021 in a way that really got people excited I'll guarantee you this, man, these guys are going to fight and they're going to scratch and claw and they're going to be something this city's proud of because they're going to take on the identity of this city. It ain't always going to be roses up here. Everything's going to be the way that we all want it to be and look perfect. But I know this, man, we're going to fight. We're going to scratch. and We're going to claw. And I know the good teams find a way to get it done. And if somebody goes down, the next one steps up and he's expected to produce. I think it's that passion that he brought with uh Speeches like that at press conferences that really helped endear the coach Campbell uh, to a lot of folks, not only here in Detroit, but also nationally. One of the reasons people are excited about this team had a great offense last year. Defense, a little bit rough, but getting a little bit better. Brought in a couple defensive backs that we're looking forward to helping create a better pass defense. Drafted some players, got a new linebacker in there to play in the middle of the field, try to help out with the run and coverage. And we even brought in a running back with our first pick, something that you don't normally do these days, but he's a guy that folks out there out of Alabama think could be a big weapon so a lot of things going on Art go ahead you're on Detroit today hey yeah I just uh, have a story about why I'm a, a lifelong I will be a lifelong Lions fan from now on because uh, I was in a relationship with a woman from 2013 to 2017 she lived in Chicago I was here in Clinton Township and we would bet a hundred bucks each on the rivalry between the Bears and the Lions, and I won nine times out of ten because that was the <laughs> that was the that was the era, of course, of uh, you know when when we were beating beating the Bears, and she was diehard going back to Super Bowl shuffle and all that, yeah. and it was just a, a wonderful time. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you bring up the Super Bowl shuffle and, of course, Jim McMahon, quarterback of that Chicago Bears team. I think anytime a quarterback puts on sunglasses like that and tries singing and rapping and dancing, uh, if anything should put a curse on your team, it is that. <laughs> Art, I know that winning a lot of money uh, that way can be something that helps bring you a joy with with a team. But in terms of the relationship, it didn't work out. Did uh, her being a Bears fan and you being a Lions fan have anything to do with that? Uh, actually, it's a little sad. She was the love of my life, but oh. uh, passed away in 2017. Oh my gosh! Uh, but uh, yeah, but but it's just a wonderful memory that we always had that and. Even at the end, I was saying, well, maybe we should bet the spread. No, straight up. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> but, I love that, man. That's the, the, Art, 
that is exactly what we love about sports, the way for it to bring us together, to have these great yeah. memories like you can hold on to there and share with other people like you just did with us here in Detroit today. Art and Clinton Township, thank you so much for joining us and sharing that story. I appreciate it. Okay. Go Lions. Go Lions is right. And like I said, people are pretty excited about this team. And one of the things that I was thinking about when I was getting ready for this show, because I knew a lot of the old stories about how the Lions had so much heartbreak, especially in seasons like in back in 1994, uh, would come up a lot. I remember, I was real young, but I remember the last win that happened in 91 when the Lions had a good team. Uh, it was, I believe, Herman Moore's actually first year. Barry Sanders was still doing his thing. Eric Kramer was the quarterback, and they actually won. They beat Dallas. That's the last time they won a playoff game, and they went into the Washington Redskins. They were preparing for them. I remember going to the barbershop, and I was at the barbershop. There was an old gentleman there, and he goes, Young Nick, what do you think's going to happen in the game? And I said, man, Lions are going to win. And he said, you're crazy. I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't be a Lions fan. You're just going to get a bunch of heartbreak. And that was really, I was really taken aback by that. He says, if you don't believe me, I'll bet you $20 right now the Lions lose. I said, I will take that bet. And I'm a young kid, so I have no money. Of course, the Lions got absolutely trounced by the Mark, Mark Rippon and the Washington Redskins. It was not even close. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of heartbreak. I could never go back to that barbershop again because I couldn't pay up. I'm too young. I don't have a job or money. Uh, but I did learn there, even though my heart was broken, maybe that kindly old man was actually trying to save me from some heartbreak. But even if he was, then I wouldn't have had to persevere through it with all this time. And now, again, from the darkness, I'm prepared for a good year from these Lions. I haven't given my pick yet. I was really concerned when I found out that uh, they had to play Kansas City. It seemed like a cruel joke, right? The Lions finally have a winning season last year after a lot of heartbreak, a lot of rough times. And then after coming out of that with people thinking they might have a chance to win their division and go to the playoffs, you put them against the defending Super Bowl champions? Doesn't seem right. But as people have brought up a little bit earlier, even though the best quarterback, the most important position on the field, Patrick Mahomes, plays for the other team, He's going to be down without some weapons, it looks like. His all-pro tight end uh, is not looking like he's going to be able to perform. And they're also missing uh, their big-time defensive tackle, who's on a holdout right now. Meanwhile, the Lions looking pretty good. We're pretty excited about new weapons that they're bringing in at the running back position. And, you know, running back, of course, with the lineage of Barry Sanders, we love that here. The running backs that they have, David Montgomery out of Chicago, Jameer Gibbs, who was drafted out of Alabama, should be a dynamic duo. I think that the Lions might be able to pull it out, even if they're going into Kansas City tonight. Could I be right? I'm one of a few people that think they can win. Do you think I'm wrong? I think they win by three points. I'm telling you right now, score is going to be 38-35 Lions. Put it on the board. We'll start off right there. But you can give us a call, 313-577-1019. Again, let us know, 313-577-1019 of what you make of the se this season and who you think will be able to persevere and win. You can keep coming back to me with this because it is something that we will be revisiting. In fact, when Steven returns, we're going to be taking a look at the ethics of even liking football. That's something that we're going to talk about a little bit later because I do know for some of us out there, especially with things like concussions and the pain that some of our athletes go through afterwards not being taken care of, is it even okay 
for us to like them. We got one more uh, like the sport, but we got one more call right now. We'll make it real quick. Kevin, you got about 30 seconds. Go ahead. You're on Detroit today. Uh, this is a uh, old time reference. Back when the Detroit Free Press published in the morning and the news published in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I remember a, a uh, Detroit Free Press columnist had a big Detroit sports trivia uh, challenge in the morning. And then the news sports columnist published all the answers that afternoon. Okay, so this is like a little easy to cheat on the the, or it was just something for you to not only test your knowledge, uh, test your love for the sport. I do appreciate that. I miss trivia, but Kevin and Sterling Heist, thank you again for helping us close out this edition of Detroit Today. Tune in tomorrow. We're going to revisit some of our favorite conversations as we kick off our on-air fundraiser. It's going to be a fun time because we're going to celebrate it with you, reminding you of some of the best conversations, moments that we've had on the show, both Steve and I, as well as guests and some of your best calls. Make sure you're there and we'll see you tomorrow on Detroit Today. That's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Detroit Today is produced by Sam Corey and Nick Austin. Program director is Adam Fox. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trebethan. Detroit Today's music is created by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. The Detroit Today podcast is edited by Jack Philbrand. Support the podcast by supporting WDET, Detroit's public radio station. Just go to WDET.org slash give.